Good evening, everyone. Um, welcome to uh, my podcast, Heavenly Places. I'm here along with uh, Dorothy. I'm, I'm your host, Jameer. From we made it through another week. We're here another Thursday. <clears throat> the last last week, I mentioned that I wanted to talk about our missions this week, and that's what we're going to be talking about uh, a few of the missions that I know of but also bring some scriptures about what Jesus says about mission work. Um, but I guess I'll first first of all, I'd like to open up in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, Lord um, for giving us another day. You didn't really have to give us another day. You didn't have to give us any days, Father. I thank you for our technology. I thank you for the listeners, Father, that you have blessed them, guide them, and direct them. Um, as we go through this lesson, Father, this evening, um, minister to their hearts, oh God, Lord, for, for um, not that they will just get information, Father, Lord, but they'll be able to use it or apply it in some way in their life that will cause them to grow closer towards you or someone in their lives to grow closer towards you. Um, thank you for forgiving us of our iniquity, sins, and trans- transgressions, Father. Uh, we lift up our nation, Father Lord, our president, our Congress, our mayor, even our local school principals and superintendents, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, mercy, and salvation. And the uh, my name is just we pray. Amen. Yes. Um, thank you. Everyone for tuning in this evening And uh, This evening I'm talking about Once again missions Um, And The the main scripture Excuse me Main scripture is uh, coming from uh, Matthew chapter 28 Verses uh, I'm sorry I'm trying to pull up Verses 20 verses 16 Through 20 that's Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. And it is uh, kind of sort of where we get, where you hear like the Great Commission. And I want to read that to you. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, and it's 11 because Judas, he was no longer with them, uh, to the mountain where Jesus had gone, where Jesus, excuse me, <clears throat> where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Um, people were still doubting even after Jesus had rose. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth on in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to, excuse me, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So um, that is, actually, in there you never heard anything about the Great Commission, but we know it as the Great Commission. Um, and I had talked about this before, but I, I thought it would be good to also mention again um, so that uh, we have this great, this word, Phrase or a great commission, and as I uh, researched and wondered where the phrase came from, um, 
actually many of the, the, the sources, they say it's really unknown where the phrase or term the Great Commission came from, but uh, some people believe it, it was first used um, in, a, in a passage by uh, Justine von Swell, um, Justine von Swell, but it's popularized by Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor. Now, um, Justin Von Twaz, he uh, actually designed a mission plan in which uh, basically there were three goals for this mission plan that the the promoters would uh, the promoters they would find wealthy patrons and sponsors. So these would be the, okay. We're looking for the people who have the finances, the provision to make these things happen. Then we also need full-time mission directors and secretaries. Okay, we need people who's going to run these programs. Um, and then we need the missionaries, the volunteers, um, who are young, unmarried men, and they will volunteer for like two or three years and go to these different places um, to be a witness or a light um, to the nations. Um, of course, prior to the, these young people, um, leaving for the field, they would have studied uh, geography. Like, say, for instance, they was going to China or they was going to somewhere on the continent of Africa. They would study geography, uh, the history, whatever was going on in there, history of the church and everything, um, <clears throat> in order to, to uh, get them accustomed. In some cases, they would study different languages um, to help them become, like, familiar with the with the uh, vernacular or the languages that are going on in that particular part of the uh, the world and country, and in some cases, if possible, um, they would have Bibles in those certain dialects or certain languages. You know, so they would uh, go send these people off um, to these different areas, and this was going on, I believe, around. Um, See, I have lost a year that this was happening. I think it was the, around 600, 600. Actually, no, it was much, it was much later than that. Um, that's a different year that something happened. But uh, this, this is, this is um, when sort of, even though the Great Commission had already been happening, because we noticed in the Bible that all of the disciples, they actually, or apostles, however you want to call them, but I believe we have the, the major apostles and we have the, the disciples who are people who who weren't really mentioned in the Bible, but they work with the apostles. And they also was out there um, doing mission work and going to different places. So we have Paul who wrote all these books, and we know that he went like to the Rome Rome area, and then he went to Ephesians, Ephesians and um, Colossians. He went to that area. Then we have Mark, who went to the northern part of Africa. Um, I believe James made it, and one of them went out east. Um, I can't remember who, which one was it that went to, to China, but all the apostles, they went to different areas, and then their disciples also, being with them, went to different areas to uh, kind of, Spread the gospel to do this uh, great commission. Um, okay, the year was uh, 1600. 1600 kind of like went around a great commission. Um, 
when that term, the Great Commission, was coined, and then they came up with the missionary thing with the three goals, which are which I told you about earlier. But we know uh, the commission had already been going on before it had that term terminology. Um, so this is uh, just a little bit of history of missions. Some of like the great missionaries that we think of today. Some of the things that come to name, like some people, um, Mother Teresa is someone that, that comes to mind that she wants to serve all these people. And I know she was uh, from the, the Catholic denomination, so I'm not sure exactly what she believes. Sometimes people can do a lot of good, good things that are good in man's ways, like oh, feeding the poor and all these kind of things. Um, which I'm not, I mean, Mother Teresa probably, she was probably sold off for Christ. I don't know. But with certain, actually with all denominations, not just the Catholic denomination, but you have Baptists, people who are non-denominational, all these kind of things who are very, very, very religious, and they have a form of godliness, but they don't, uh, they don't have, uh, they don't, don't actually know Jesus. So we don't ever know about that, but Mother Teresa is believed the one is believed to be one who, uh, even though she was a part of the Catholic denomination, is someone who also knew Jesus Christ. And I'm not trying to sing off the Catholic Church that they did so much. I hate picking on certain ones because not just the Catholics, but the Baptists, Presbyterians, and all of them. All of these different denominations, none of them is perfect. All of them have issues, but I guess the Catholic one is like the main one that people like to focus on because it's, it is the oldest one. And also, they have a lot of influence throughout all the nations, and they have done many, many, many corrupt and hor- horrible and terrible things, you know, with all of their influence, and they should not be doing such things. But then we have people also, who, modern people, actually, I believe he has, he has passed now, actually, he had uh, Billy Graham. He was a great evangelist, and he was a missionary. He went overseas, but... One of the things that was interesting about Billy Graham is a lot of his uh, missionary work was here. Um, matter of fact, this is a uh, we are in a Black History Month, and I was watching a documentary and it was talking about um, how Martin Luther King and Billy Graham they actually met each other, and Billy Graham was telling Martin Luther King that he felt like he needed to do more to help the Civil Rights Movement. And Martin Luther King said, well, this is not his exact words, but he said something to the effect that, uh, well, you got, God has got you doing your thing over there where you at, and I'm doing my thing right here with the civil rights. And we know Martin Luther King Jr., he was a great civil rights who uh, was assassinated, um, but he did a lot of great things for African-Americans, Jew, Jewish people, to bring unity amongst the cultures, races, ethnicities. Um, but he actually had this conversation with Billy Graham. He said, no, Billy Graham, you focus on this thing. Because Billy Graham was thinking, okay, I need to do more emissions. So Billy Graham, we know that he went around America particularly. And a lot of times we think missions to be overseas, but missions can also be uh, here in America. And he filled up all these football and baseball stadiums and it would be televised on TV, and lots and lots of people become came saved under his ministry here, right here in the good old USA. Um, so we see him 
during the Great Commission and modern times, um, which I find is, find is uh, very, very interesting because a lot of times we think missions and the Great Commission, oh, i got to go to this remote village, and which in some cases people do. i got to go to this remote land. i got to go to this place where people are oppressed. But your Great Commission, you probably don't even have to leave your house. You know, you could have like a a radio show, a blog talk, or call someone up, or it could be like people in your neighborhood. You know, <laughs> there's a song. Who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood, you know, there's people all around you. People in your work. Those are all types of missions. People, I think sometimes we get confused. It's because when we hear the word mission, then we got to go overseas or some remote village. But the word Michigan means something that's just simply right around the corner, right in your backyard. You never know who needs to hear the scripture. It might be someone who grew up a Christian, they not or grew up going to church, and they were not actually saved um, because their mother, because of tradition, and all these kind of things. Or some they just fell away, you know, and they need some encouragement. They need to get back into church. And when I say church, I'm not really necessarily talking about a building. But I'm talking about fellowship with our Father God who is in heaven and uh, coming to an alignment with Jesus. A lot of times we think we need to be in a four buildings, and that is not the case. Um, the Word says, uh, Jesus, as you said, we're two or three gathered in his name, that he is in the midst. Okay. That he is in the midst. Um, <clears throat> so as going back, we're, we're rewinding back in time, and actually I want to talk about the um the uh Catholic Church um and their involvement because a lot of, with the negativity because a lot of times especially in modern times um we have a lot of negativity associated with um mission work and reaching out especially in my community where I come from I come from um of course I'm, I'm mixed but I Mixed, but I'm black American, come from American background. A lot of times people who are with me, uh, they have a very negative uh, view of um, witnessing or the Great Commission or trying to reach out or trying to make people to, to see things how I want them to see them as far as um, being a Christian and all those, those kind of things. And that is because a lot of the history that's involved with it. Um, one of the, the, the things is... Um, the Crusades, what the Catholic Church had did, and basically with the Crusades, if you ever heard of them, they was the Crusades was a series of, I got this from online, the Crusades is a series of religious wars between Christians and Muslims that started primarily to secure control of holy sites considered sacred by both groups, so like Jerusalem and different places. They would go down and have these uh, fights. Um, they said there was actually eight major Crusades that happened between over a 200-year period between 1096 and 1291. Um, but the blood and violence, it often, and these conflicts, you know, from uh, the European Christians and then the, the Middle East, it became like something that echoed, came with a negative thing because the course of war, the war is never really good. People, that's one of the reasons people say, you know, when they ever had war, they said, oh, People who are not uh, believers um, in Christ, they 
they say um, a lot of uh, wars actually started because of religion. In a way, in a way, conflict, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, however you want to pronounce his name, does cause war conflict because uh, Jesus says in his word, he, he comes to separate mother and father and daughter and son, kind of create that kind of conflict as far as like a, a mentality, a, a mind or spiritual conflict or separation because either you're going you're gonna to be for him or against him. And if you're not, it's going to naturally create a conflict. But a lot of times when people say religion caused all wars, they talking about like like World War One, World War Two, World War Three, and a lot of those wars, um, though they may have a little bit of religion, I believe most of those wars, the primary reason of cause is because people are greedy, greed, and they want more money. So I believe a lot of those, like those World War One, World War Two, Vietnam War, all those kind of wars, are started because of money, not because of religion. Though religion may have a, a little phase in it. For example, um, when Hitler fault that he was fighting the Germans. Um, one of the documents that he used to uh, imprison the Jews was uh, something that was written by, you might be surprised to hear this, but Martin Luther, the the one who started the Reformation, the separation of the Catholic Church, he did that, but for some reason he very, very much really despised the Jews, and he wrote all this stuff about them. So that right there, Hitler took that, and that's how he was able to. He was Hitler was already evil anyway. He was, he just wanted to destroy people anyway. But he used that document to sort of kind of do what he did with the Jews, which was was not right with the Holocaust. Um, but um, that war was not really religious based. I believe the war was because people was greedy, they were power hungry, and money hungry. Um, but getting back to uh, my particular personally to my community, a lot of people, they see uh, whenever people try to reach and reach out, they say, well, Christianity and missions is a, uh, a white man religion. And they look, they and they often cite like the Crusades, or they talk about when the Europeans first came over here to America, or when they even came to Africa, how they... Um, basically wiped out populations and because some people were saying they was bringing Christ. Well, the thing is, a lot of people, they get confused because it's always, people always have different agendas. So when the people was coming over here from Europe, there was missionaries coming over here and there was missionaries who was really truly sold out for Christ. They had a heart dedicated to Christ. Then there were people who were religious <laughs> who came over here and they didn't really care nothing about Jesus. They just seen the opportunity to come over here. And then there were people who were just ruthless and cold. That's why they came over here, because they just wanted a reason to kill people. So we always have, even though all of them came under the flag of the British or the Spanish, like the people who went down to South America and, and killed all the Aztec people, um, or a lot of them, people were coming under the same flag, but Everyone was having a different motive and different agenda, and that's where Jesus talks about that he kind of separate mother and father and son and daughter. That's the kind of war that he's creating or, or separating. So a lot of the times people don't see the difference, and they just blend it all, and they put everything all with one. So they, when they see, like, that the Europeans came over here and they was doing their mission work, 
for example, one of the things that happened was, uh, like, a lot of the, uh, we call them Indians, Native Americans, the indigenous people, um, when it was cold, some of the people, the Europeans, they actually had smallpox, and they had, like, these diseases that they put in the blankets on purpose, and during the wintertime, they gave them to the Indians, the Native American and indigenous people, because they knew it was going to kill them. So um, they wiped them out. So people would will bring like these types of things up, and they're not separating the people who are truly sold out for Christ from the people who were just there for ill, evil, and wicked purposes, which is to steal, kill, and destroy, which they were representing their father, even though they came under that same flag of Britain. So they don't create the distinction that there's a distinction. We have always remember that there is a distinction. You know, even in our government that we got here today in America, we have people who are in offices and they they have different purposes and different um, things while they are in there. And even in our, not even going to political office, but our churches, some churches are there and they really want to help the community. They want to have uh, shelters they want to. They want to have food. They want to help the orphans. All this kind of thing. And we have other churches where they just want to make big jets. Then we have some churches. They they want to have jets too, but they want to have jets so they can put food and all that kind of stuff to deliver to people. But we can't always put people in the in the same bucket and things. And my main focus is on the missions thing. But sometimes in my community and in many other communities, we get. We get distracted by that, okay? We get distracted by that. We get we just focus because we try to put everything under one banner. As a matter of fact, sometimes it gets so bad that um, I believe this happened last year. We had, I think, believe it was an Asian guy, and he went to these islands, which uh, the United Nations and all everybody had um basically said, no one go to these islands. It was a restricted area because the people there had not had any contact with people from, um, like, America or any of these industrial nations like Japan, China, you know. These people were, like, kind of people who kind of, like, were frozen in time. They were still using, like, homemade bows and arrows and all these kind of things. And they haven't had any contact in maybe, I think it's back in the 60s or maybe even before that, the people had tried to reach out to them. People tried to give food and different things to them. But um, they actually ended up killing someone um, that time. So they said, okay, we're not going to touch these people for two reasons because they just so far behind the rest of us. We don't want it. Another thing is they didn't want to spread any diseases because their immune system was not built up for that. Anyway, fast forward into our time, it was on the news, you may have heard about it, an Asian guy who was a missionary, he wanted to go over there and be a witness to them and spread the gospel to them. So he wasn't trying to do missions in his eyes, and he believed the Lord had called him over there. Um, I'm not sure about that if he did or not. But anyway, he went over there, and the people ended up killing him. <laughs> um, so they ended up killing him. They didn't, he was, I believe they said the guy was like 
yelling out Bible scriptures or something like that when they killed him. So uh, that's what happened with that. So then we have people who's like, yeah, that's what he get and all these kind of things. And I don't know if he deserved that or not or whatever. I don't know what the case I'm pretty sure he knew that was a risk. And I, I bet he believed in his heart, hey, I'm doing this. And I can be like Paul. I mean, many of the disciples and apostles who died for the sake of the gospel, you know. Um, one thing we we kind of forget, though, uh, the Romans uh, chapter 2, though, it says that, um, that in a sense that the stars in the universe, they testify of God. So they're a witness of God, too. So if we can't reach them, guess what? The stars and the moons and all that kind of stuff, they're going to be a witness. They're either going to condemn or whatever, they reveal what's in their heart. And the Father, guess what? The Father is the one who judges anyway. Our Heavenly Father, he's going to, want, he's going to be the one who judges when we get to the throne room. Um, and a lot, a lot of times we have people who they just looking at the numbers. They're like, oh, okay, I want to save this many people. I want to get this many people saved. But they really don't really care about the people. They just care about the numbers. They just like want to rib in and all this kind of stuff. If you're doing that kind of stuff, then... You know, but you, you're out there for the wrong reason. You're out there for the wrong motive. Um, I want to talk about some of, some of the um, missions that I know of that I'm connected with. Um, there's this one mission in India, and one of the particular ministers, he walks like they don't. He don't. They have like public transportation buses, but he don't have his own bus. He actually lives in a in a, a house. And it's made out of a metal, like a, a very, very thin metal sheet. Um, I think it's warm over there all the time, so they don't have to worry about the cold, really. But, like, very thin metal sheet, and it's, like, one room. I mean, we got houses over I mean, houses over here, but their houses is just, like, a shed. And then even if you want to, it's less than a shed. If you, like, just, like, a metal sheet or almost like a carport, except not as secure <clears throat> has a car for anyway, he has Bibles and he delivers Bibles to these people. He walks miles and miles and miles. Um, he gets Bibles from different donations from people and they deliver these Bibles and you see them gathering over like I've seen some videos and they'll be in one room and there's no chairs in there or anything but people are either standing or sitting down and the room is dark dark because there's no electricity there and they have the meetings at night. <clears throat> And they're, they are praying. They're sincere people over there in the nation of India dedicated to the Lord because India, you know, is a um, Hindu, Hindu, um, I believe it's a Hindu nation. Um, number of, a couple of other religions they have over there where they have all those many, many different gods. Um, but anyway, you can be, uh, I'm not sure so much India, but I don't know some other nations, you can be beheaded. I know India more is like you're going to be disowned by your family if you uh, accept Christianity, <laughs> you know. Um, so in a lot of these other countries, China, North Korea, um, North Korea, if they find you being a Christian, you're probably going to be locked up for life to hard labor. Um, so a lot of these countries, but the, the crazy thing is you would think that people wouldn't want to be a Christian or believer. But guess what? They have more revivals and more people getting saved and all kind of stuff than over here in America. <laughs> them, them, them Christians are very, very hungry for God, and they 
they will do anything for their Lord Jesus. They walk miles and miles and miles just to hear the gospel. And like I said earlier, they they're getting Bibles, and it's not even a whole Bible. They just might just have the Gospels, like the four Gospels. They don't even have the Old Testament. They don't even have the entire New Testament. At least they get the Gospels, but they're so desperate. They hold it, and they cherish it. They get the Bible, and I've seen videos of people crying because they got one. And um, the scripture that comes to mind is uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. It says, I want to know Christ, yes, in the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. Um, that scripture right there, to me, is um, so powerful because a lot of times here, over here in um, America, you know, I'm not saying that we're not persecuted and we're not suffering, but it, it's a whole another different level, you know, where if you... Uh, serve the Lord, there's a chance of you being not just <clears throat> kicked out your house, not just thrown in jail, but, but tortured while you're in jail. Fed the rats, even the other prisoners wanted to beat you up. You know? Um, all all kind of consequences. But you hear constantly people in those nations um, giving their lives to Christ giving their lives to Christ, becoming sold out because they want to know, like the scripture says, they want to know. They want to know Christ and the power is his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. That's Philippians 3.10. And a lot of times here in America, we just want to know the power is the resurrection. We don't want to know what it's to be like to suffer with him. You know, a lot of people in churches don't teach that. It's a hard topic. Hey, I don't really want to suffer, but it's part of that scripture. You want to know the power, you got to know the suffering. It's part of it. I don't know why that is. I didn't make the rule. I didn't write it. <laughs> um, but I believe the scriptures. I believe the word. That's and that's all I have to, to say on that one. Um, but um, getting back to the, uh, I know I kind of jumped around, but all of it is, is kind of centered around missions, around mission work, Okay. One thing I want you to get out of it, get out of it, is this mission is just not overseas. Okay, it's in your backyard, it's in your in your neighborhood. You know, but mission is overseas too. You know, um, another thing I wanted you to kind of understand, like the history of missions, um, why uh, we got the word or the, the term Great Commission, and also I want you to understand like how how it is from a like. A, Black Americans' perspective, a lot of times, why they don't like missions, especially the ones who don't know the Lord and Savior. Um, and one thing that is interesting is that actually Africa became a, a uh, not the whole country because Africa is so big, but roughly around the same time that uh, Paul was in Europe, uh, Mark was in Africa. So, around, I mean, it had to be like one, two years, three years difference. The, the gospel was in both nations at both times. The only reason why people focus and say that the European or, or Christianity is really, because you hear that in, in my area, that Christianity is a white man religion, is because they think about the Catholic Church because they established that type of thing. But in reality, um, 
Christianity is no is not bound by any race. It's not bound by any ethnicity. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter if you're or if you're Jew, Greek, or Gentile or any of that kind of stuff. Christianity is, is goes beyond that. Uh, our Father, He created all the colors. He created all the ethnicities, <clears throat> um, and He loves them all. <laughs> he loves them all. You know, no matter what it, it's uh, Palestinians who are to have accepted the Lord Jesus. It's uh, Asians who have accepted the Lord Jesus. Um, just people of all people who you wouldn't expect. Like, oh, they were? Like, for example, this is my last, last thing I'll talk about is uh, the movie that Mel Gibson created, um, The Passion of Christ. You know, a lot of uh, Muslims, not not just the Arabs, because it's a lot of Arabs and Muslims are two different things. people. We have Arabs who are Christians, but a lot of Muslims want to go see that movie because they heard that it was talking really, really bad about the Jews, so they wanted to go see it. And guess what? After they seen the movie, they accepted the Lord Jesus as their Savior because they wasn't focused on their hatred, even though that's what brought them there, the hatred for the Jews, because they heard it talked about the Jews negatively. But they something was over, that something was more powerful than their hatred, and that was the love and the sacrifice of Jesus that he he done for us. So, um, And the way that I'm sure Mel Gibson, when he made that movie, he wasn't even thinking about any of that stuff. That they would make Muslims do that, <laughs> you know. But our Father, He always has a plan for people because He loves all kind of people and He wants to reach them. And He said He gave Mel Gibson the power to write that and the people to, to say that about the Jews to hate it, to draw those people in because He knew that, that, was, that those some Muslims needed to hear that to be um, saved, and that was His mission. So we also have our mission. Your mission might be a podcast, it might be a radio show, it might be going just around the corner. Um, so I'll, I'll close with that one. I'll let Dorothy say anything if, if she if she has anything she wants to say or comment. I know I talked about so many different things on there. Yeah, I didn't know that about about Martin Luther that he was against the Jews. Oh yeah, that's really yeah, that's interesting. Um. You know, I think it's one of humanity's biggest faults is to paint everybody in a whole group because one or two people did something bad to them. I mean, it happens. I, it doesn't matter what color you are. It These people do this. They just, you know, well, a yellow person beat the heck out of me in school, so I don't like yellow people or... You know, because all yellow people must be violent. We just do it all the time. And it's it's really bad because we miss out on so many friends. You know, we just do. But that's what I was thinking. The missions in our backyard. That's a good point. Yeah. Because so many churched people, I mean, you hear it over and over and over again, are not born again. They've... They think they're Christians because their parents were Christians and they were raised in the Christian church and they believe in the Christian principles. But as far as a relationship, it never happens. So, yes, those people need missionaries. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, um, 
Yeah, there's missions everywhere. Well, I'd I like to, um, yeah, we, we need to really not discriminate any against each other. Um, and also we need to focus on um, whatever mission the Father has has for you, whatever mission it is. It could be something great in your eyes or something small. It could be for one person or it can be for 30,000 people, but... And the father's eye, everything is great. He got a great, great purpose for everyone. So don't, don't feel ashamed or sad that you're not like, oh, I'm not like Billy Graham. I can't talk like him or reach like him. But you know what? You might be like the Billy Graham for your neighborhood, you know, for the Billy Graham for your family. Who, who knows what it is? <laughs> um. Well, let me close in prayer. Um, Father, we um. Father, we thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. Thank you for your salvation, Father. God, and direct your people this evening. Heal them and be with them, Father. Give them strength in their bodies, O oh God. We thank you for being such a loving Father, loving people of all nations, every nation, tribe, and tongue. And that people of all ethnicities, of all nations, um, of all backgrounds, of all ages, and of all times, whether they was born in B.C. or A.D., is going to be in your kingdom because, not because of their skin color, not because of um, how much money they had or what kind of clothes they wore, but because they love you and you love them. We thank you, Father. Help us to love you and our neighbor more. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, any ideas um, on what we're he- we're learning about next week? You know, I always ask you, you know, that. Next, you should be prepared. I know. Next <laughs> week, you know what? I don't know because I might have to work next week. I got to make a call tomorrow and find out, and I'll let you know what will happen. With okay. Me. Um. Because I might, I'm trying to see. I'm supposed to be picking picking up something. I'll I'll call you and let you know. Yeah, I'll call you or text you. Yeah. All right. So yeah. thank you everyone for listening. Yeah. We hope you have a blessed week. We order you to have a blessed week. Get up there with Father yeah. and have a blessed week. <laughs> so. Yeah. Father bless everyone and good night. You have a blessed night, Jameer. You too, you too. Many blessings to all of you and you too, Dorothy. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>